taking over? You know what? I do, and I'm so tired of it. But today we have our poli-sci expert, Rudd Hopkins, in studio. He's so much fun. He's sporting a bow tie. And we're going to talk about politics one more day. We're wondering now also, now that it's all over, what Mitt Romney is going to be doing with all of his money and his time. We're talking about that after the news. Good afternoon, I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. With the election now over and President Barack Obama earning a second term, his celebrations will not last long as looming financial problems continue to pose economic worries. The looming automatic spending cuts urgently need addressing, and with the House still controlled by the Republicans, the gridlock on Capitol Hill could easily continue. The meager economic recovery that was such an important deciding factor in the election could be crushed by the fiscal cliff, which would bring tax hikes and budget cuts across the board. The president has already made phone calls to top lawmakers in both houses of Congress trying to urge cooperation and bipartisanship. Further showing the concern about the coming fiscal cliff, worldwide markets dipped significantly today, not the least of which was Wall Street. The Dow Jones lost almost 2% and the S&P 500 index is on track for the largest drop since June. Worries about a renewed U.S. recession should lawmakers find themselves unable to make a deal, coupled with the ongoing debt crisis in Europe, have financial experts feeling uneasy. Time is short for Congress and the president to strike a deal on the spending cuts and tax hikes, and Republican lawmakers in the House have previously shown little interest in President Obama's economic plans. Same-sex ballot initiatives passed yesterday in Maryland, Maine, and another is on track to do so in Washington state. Advocates are hailing the news as a huge step in furthering equality between same-sex and traditional couples. The passing of the initiatives marks the first time that same-sex couple marriage has been approved by a popular vote. The other six states in the District of Columbia that recognize gay couples have all made the decision to do so based on judicial review or legislative decisions. President Obama this year became the first president in U.S. history to openly announce his support for same-sex marriage. Another controversial ballot initiative decided this election has passed in Colorado and Washington state. Recreational use of marijuana has now been legalized for the first time in these states, although the national government still considers the drug to be a controlled substance. And federal Drug Enforcement Administration agents say they will be enforcing national law. Both laws will define marijuana in a very similar legal legal sense to alcohol and similar taxes and restrictions will apply to use. In Colorado, personal growing of the plant will be allowed on a very limited scale, but in each state the maximum amount of raw pot a person is allowed to carry with them will be one ounce. You are listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Uh, you know, we do what we can here to help you through these difficult times and the good times in life. Some people apparently have a hangover from this election. Are you glad it's over? I am. And today we're going to get just push it downstream. 
We are, I am just tired of it. I'm tired of seeing it. I'm tired of hearing it. I'm tired of seeing things on my lawn with signs and I don't know. It's just getting me tired. Any of you feel tired? Yep. Pretty much. Hmm. Love your enthusiasm. (laughs) How about you, Robbie? We're tired. Hi. Hi, guys. (laughs) We stayed up so late last night watching. Who did watch it last night? Who watched the the announcements or whatever, the election results? I did. I was at an election party. You were? Yeah. Bryce, what did you do? Uh, not you play any of video that. games. No, Matt. Yes, you I did. only do that most of the time. Not all the what time. What did you do last night to make it special? Oh, I had work to do. What are you talking? School work. More like work, work. Like school work and work, work. They're like, kind of the same. Like you were working. Yeah. Because they did. They did a political election night thing here well, at I wasn't, BYU Radio. I wasn't working here. What work were you doing? Um, do you have another job? No, I'm not cheating on you, Matt. You I'm have. Not. You have someone else <laughs> other than I, I do. Show? I do research at the university. I try to make science happen. At this university? At this one. When did you start getting serious about studies? And Hold research? on. Let's be careful with the word serious. <laughs> that's, you're just that's a little paid. forward. So you avoided the politics altogether and went to work. Well, I wouldn't say avoided, but that's really exactly what I did. So avoided is actually the right word to use. Okay. So what did you do, Skyboy? Here. Um... I had I had a school project I had to work on. You are all liars. I did. Last night was a national holiday, <clears throat> and you were doing schoolwork. Yep. <laughs> Boring. See, it was fun school project. Was though. it? Yeah. What was the project? We had to record a song oh. in the studio. So. What's her name? What's her name? Hmm? It's a song, Matt. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you brought someone in to record it. Well, you did say for. we. So. Yeah, oh we. well, no, no girls. Oh, so it wasn't like a love song? No. Uh, do you want to just sing us a little bit of your song? That's okay. No, just throw some bit of, just a little okay, bar. Matt. Just give us a bar of your song. <laughs> it's okay. A stanza. How about you sing us a song? Well, no, I'm not. Gangnam style. Gangnam style. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Um, okay, so you're, what did you do, Rob? I'm just surprised there aren't more people who are staying up to the bitter end to know how the election was going to turn well, out. Well, didn't we know Waiting by about the nine? hours and hours of the evening as it was five o'clock yeah. six o'clock seven o'clock just who? crawl by waiting to find out who will be the next president of the united states well, but you knew I that at nine soldiered on no it was the it was wee about hours of the night of nine forty-five <laughs> to wow. find out who our next president would be you know what you need rob apparently is a second job because <laughs> that really worked well for Bryce. He just, you know, he just went to his other job. Yeah, about like nine forty-five, ten-ish. That's when it was just clear that yeah. Obama had run. I mean, so. that was. I mean, you know, then what? Then okay, we got it. Now let's go to bed. Yep. I yep. went and watched movies. It was great. Cool. Which which movies, Matt? Tell us. Well, um, no. <laughs> it was on Netflix. It's uh, Ted. It's um, Better Off Ted. Better Off Ted. I don't know what that is. But I see it on my Netflix feed. It's really it's one of my suggestions. It's funny. It reminds me of you guys. Better Off Ted. <sighs> this, slows, this show's kind of going slow. We're just tired from the election. We're tired of I all really the hype. I really am tired. Are you? I really, truly am tired. Well, let's keep in mind that this election has kind of been going for like two and a half years. Yeah. Like, you know what? That's true. It doesn't. Let's, it let's doesn't make a resolution that, that we don't do that again. 
<laughs> We're going to ask Rudd about that. Like, why would we want to? They're already saying, hey, some, certain people are already positioning for 2016. Uh, Joe Biden, Chris Christie, Marco Rubio, okay, and Hillary you know Clinton. What? Seriously, <laughs> let's not even listen to that. Don't crowd. bring it up. Well, you know, on the bright side, um, apparently a man climbed the Chicago, a Chicago sky- skyscraper, blech, using a bionic leg. Hmm. Isn't that kind of cool? That's Did cheating, it isn't sound it? like this? No. <laughs> That's no. what the bionic leg sounds like on TV. <laughs> yeah, so apparently he lost it um, a few years ago. And it's like it's a smart leg, so it's controlled with your mind. And yeah, it was... It kind of looks like it's something from a sci-fi film. Did it help? Film. Did it like? Is it? Does it add like a uh, a hook and a like a? Does it add some faster ability for him to get up the the building, or is it just? No, it's just like a leg, just to help him because like, you know yeah. it's cool. nothing that gives him an advantage. But yeah, so it's kind of cool because I mean, whoever heard of someone? Climbing a skyscraper with a prosthetic. No, never. You know? So the, I thought that was kind of cool. That's good news. Yeah. Maybe let's do that. Let's go to some news and just uh, humans. Okay. So we're going to avoid the election because then we're going to bring Rudd on. And you know when we bring Rudd on, you know how Rudd is. <laughs> and um, all about the election. It's all Rudd. about the election. And his brain just gets going and he gets all excited and he just, just starts spewing. So before we bring Rudd on, let's get to some interesting news. Human tricks, the good, the bad, the ugly. What have you learned about being human, non-political? I've learned that we now have, well, we've improved the pacemaker, right? Pacemaker keeps your heart going, Mm -hmm. right? But there's a problem with pacemakers. They run out of power. And let's say it runs out of power at a very inconvenient time and place. Seriously, problem. Right, okay. So these guys at Michigan University had a great idea. Well, why not? How can we keep these powered? Why not use the heart that's beating fine on its own right, right now? Once you get it going with the right? pacemaker. Why not use that to power the pacemaker? Brilliant. Right? Yeah. Problem solved. That is a great idea. Ingenuity. So they figured it out. Yes. They've like they don't it, I mean, so it literally winds the pacemaker up. Right. It's a pacemaker winder. Right? It You're reminds me of those watches that uh, your wrist yeah. uh, winds it back up. Yeah. So as I, cool. as I wiggle back and forth, and right. that'll make my heart go. Hey. I like that story. See? Human ingenuity. We're keeping each other alive. That's what we're doing, right? That's we're helping exactly people right. stick around a little bit longer. I wonder if you're like if you're like in love and your heart beats faster as I look at Skyboy because he's always in love with people. If I wonder if Skyboys would actually um, wind his heart faster. Well, it would charge up more quickly. Yeah, yeah, that well, could probably be dangerous because you can't overcharge a battery. The same could go for being scared. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But even just look at Skyboy; he's wearing his eyes, lips, eyes T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Back to the eyes, lips, eyes. The description of how to kiss somebody. <laughs> And uh, what if you're Rudd and your heart like beats really slow and some people wonder if you're heartless, then maybe there's a chance that you will actually run out of battery power. He will drain his pacemaker. Uh, You could literally drain him and he would die. Putting in the pacemaker kills him. You know what's great about that is Rudd Hopkins, our guest today, doesn't even have a microphone. So we can talk about him and he can't even answer. Anyway, (laughs) it's really kind of cool, but it's fun to watch him. Um, 
Any other news? <laughs> I got some news. This is for this is this could be good news. It's actually bad news. Okay. Um. So for some of you out there that are bald, uh oh. Or <laughs> every time I say that, I look at you, Rob, and I don't mean to. I seriously don't. That um, quack shampoo is expensive, and I really think it's helping. I think it looks great. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so apparently, if you're going bald, it's now there's a potentially higher risk that you're going to have heart disease. No. Yes, <laughs> it's true. I so, pile it all on the bald guy. I know. Leave it's not alone. about your ego anymore. Now it's about your heart, which we've now found out means you probably may not be able to charge your pacemaker. So <laughs> the way this works, they did some research and found that two of the factors, gray hair and wrinkles, didn't have any discernible connection to heart disease. So they were oh. testing all these different factors. Okay. I think everyone, when they get older, has gray hair and has wrinkles. So Why are you looking at me? <laughs> That's rude. No, Bald guys no, don't no get reason. gray hair. However, this White is what they hair. did White find hair. out. Yeah. So they, they were just testing all of these conditions, gray hair, wrinkles. Okay, But the one, people who had at least three of the four aging traits had a 57% increased risk of a heart attack and a 39% increased risk for heart disease. Well, that's only because they're so stressed about their hair. Those are receding hairlines, bald heads, creases near their earlobes. <laughs> Fatty deposits near their eyes, gray hair, and face wrinkles. I wouldn't even think to test for those things. I know. Wait, You're not a scientist, Catherine. You're an accountant. Ears. What does that don't ask, don't ask questions about uh, creases near your earlobes. We're all touching our ears. Like, well, you know that creases? one of the things that keeps growing are your ears. Yeah. So yep, yep. apparently you get real lobey. <laughs> real lobey, and then it, cre- it creates creases. I don't want to talk about baldness anymore. Speaking of Loby, we are going to be bringing on Rudd in a minute. And um, Rudd is going to be – Rudd Hopkins, we are. I just want to keep making sure everyone knows he's here. Uh, So anyway, sorry. If you're out there and you're balding, you do have an increased risk of heart disease. No! (laughs) Robbie, you're not bald. Yet. You're not. So I wouldn't worry about it. You've got plenty of years before your heart's going to give out. And then by then they'll figure out how to make non-moving heart, hearts uh, to empower batteries for pacemakers. To empower? Because they, so they really talking, need to We're talking like power. Iron Man. Like, mm-hmm. Exactly. That would be know, actually really cool. fusion heart thing See, going isn't on. isn't that ironic that you need a movie like Iron Man to come out before we realize that there's other ways to create battery sources? And th- there we go. Movies are an inspiration. They saw totally. Iron Man. Like, okay, totally. got this. Heart-powered pacemaker. <laughs> totally. Nailed it. Who says Hollywood is not leading the world? <laughs> yeah. Give me a break. Innovation right there. <laughs> Innovation. Okay. Anybody else got news? Well, getting away from the ball, let's talk about something <laughs> a lot more serious. Let's talk about Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about something real. Like he has Bigfoot. hair. Exactly. And I <laughs> think a uh, professor at Idaho State University is going to crack this. Oh, yeah. All he needs is a blimp, a $300,000 blimp, but he's going to do it. What's the blimp going to do? Well, they can fly it over forests and then they put on these sophisticated sensors infrared infrared cameras. And they can really go in and try to see, okay, let's find him. You don't think Bigfoot knows about blimps? The dude's been around forever. You know, they tried to do the same thing in Hawaii and uh, they were looking for escaped prisoners. (laughs) And they they did the heat-seeking cameras in the forest. Guess what they found? 
Pigs and cats. Pigs and cats. Hey, we found something on our little heat seeker thing. Oh, it's another pig. Yeah. I don't think there will be pigs and cats because Bigfoot will have eaten them. So that's how we know. I don't think you're going to catch Bigfoot. You know why? Because he isn't real? He's not real. Let it go. He's not real. He's some guy named Irwin who puts on big feet and runs through the jungle. No, through Idaho. The oh. And he has a hoot doing it. Hootin' Irwin, they call him. Well, until you talk to somebody from rural towns in the Pacific Northwest, very forested Cascadia yes. towns, they can almost – I think they can convince you the other way around. I bet they can. This little town of about 5,000 people uh, east of Portland up by Mount Hood, mm. and it was the first time in my life that you would talk to people in this community and they'd say, well, yeah, I mean, it's so-and-so down the street, he saw Bigfoot over the park and – Five years ago, somebody saw Bigfoot down at the... Yeah. Uh, it's like Elvis in Vegas. <laughs> People see him all over. I think Bigfoot lives in the Pacific Northwest. You just have to talk to the right people who've seen him. And apparently we're going to get a blimp to find him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, know you know what they're going to find? They're going to look down at a bunch of bald men with heart disease. <laughs> you know, there's actually a TV show where it's like finding Bigfoot or something like that. I think it's Nemo. <laughs> Funny. No. Maybe. Not. But I just think it's crazy that there's a whole. Did you, hold know. on. Did you guys hear that? I did. Did you hear how funny I was? I said it. It was so funny. Everyone was laughing. Huh? Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is getting easier. It used to be hard to get a laugh. <laughs> Now I just gotta give. We're just punchy because we're tired. I think we are tired now. But if I give if I give Skyboy the stink eye, he'll give me a little laughy laugh, won't you, Skyboy? It's so hard to find. I think we're having way too much fun with sound effects. Look at this. It's the simple things. I asked for a sound effect like a week ago. Right. They haven't existed for weeks. Okay. Now there's. Now they show up and he's pulled out two in five seconds. There's there's five of them right now. Are there five other sound effects? Five. Maybe I should know what they are for my show so I can set it up. But surprises are the spice of life. Just surprise me. Whatever. Okay, so uh, here we are. I'm still hungover from the election. <laughs> I'm looking at Rudd right now. Rudd Hopkins. Oh, yeah. We're going to come back. Now, we're going to come back with Rudd Hopkins. You all know him as Red Rudd. He's the cute uh, – you were on our show last night, is that correct, doing some polling stuff? But he's going to come back. He is our political science guru. He's finishing a graduate program here at Brigham Young University. He even wears bow ties, so you know he's legit. Rudd Hopkins will be back, the man, the myth, the legend. He's going to help us walk through the post-election life, I guess, and try to figure out what happened last night. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. A robotic arm teaches paralyzed human arms to work again. Next. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. Researchers at the Rehabilitation Institute of Chicago, working with two Illinois universities, are using a robot arm to retrain stroke patients into using their own limbs again. The problem they are solving is one of redefining how the brain coordinates the arm's movements with what it sees. 
In stroke patients, the arm tends not to sense its speed and position as well as before the stroke, leading to lots of near misses and spilled or dropped cups of coffee. The Rehab Institute team uses virtual reality displays of a target and a special robotic arm built by Barrett Technology of Cambridge, Massachusetts. The unique robot arm, trademarked as the WAM, which stands for Whole Arm Manipulator, is capable of learning how to reach for the target in only a few steps. Then, a patient attaches it to their hand and tries to grab the same target, but the robot arm deliberately pushes the human hand off target with precise amounts of force. In learning to overcome the resistance of the robot and hit the target, the system rapidly and permanently retrains the neuromuscular connections, leading to smooth, coordinated movements. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. With so much information flying at you every day, how do you know what stories are talkworthy? Join Kim Stilson and her guests to help you keep up on the world around you. Tune in for Talkworthy Monday and Friday at 4 Eastern on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. We're back. We are dissecting not the political side so much of the elections, but kind of the social, emotional side. A lot of people uh, are tired. They have, uh, they're a little apathetic now. They're exhausted. I mean, obviously, half the country is apparently way excited. Half the country is apparently really distraught. And the reality is, I think all of us are tired and ready to just move forward and get this party started. So we're bringing on our expert, Rudd Hopkins. Rudd Hopkins is a graduate. Uh, he's in a graduate program here at Brigham Young University. Also in, by the way, political communication. Communications or shun? It's singular. Um, which, by the way, I'd like to talk to you about because I think the po- the political communicators of the world have seriously messed up this election. It would have been so much better if we just had two candidates and nobody else talking. Well, I agree, especially about the talking part. I, what's a guy got to do to get a microphone around here? I mean, seriously. <laughs> so uh, first off, I'd just like to say, you know, sometimes I've learned, and especially in a relationship and marriage, it's, it's important to listen. And, and I don't necessarily mean everything I say when I say it. So you don't? I choose to apply that towards the comments you made earlier Which were, uh, on what? today about, Which... about me and uh, my wrinkly lobes. Yeah. So, I, I actually mean that, though. Well, are you, are, were you inferring that I didn't mean it? I, I'm not I, sure. You've got some I've seriously my... wrinky, wrinkly earlobes. Well, I don't know about I'm the telling, winky, but I've, I, I don't think I've turned my head that way towards you this entire time. So I don't know how you could see my lobes. Uh, there's a window my, and a mirror right behind you. Oh. Gotcha. <laughs> so Dang. the reason I do this, I'm not telling you this to put you down. I'm telling you this because I don't want you to die of heart disease. No. And I don't want you to think you could charge a um, a what do they call it, a pacemaker yeah. with a bad heart like yours. Well, Matt, what I've also learned recently is it's about content communication. So when you mean something, you say it instead of imply it. So oh. by that comment, is that saying I'm, I have a receding hairline by the heart? I didn't want to bring <laughs> that up either. But 
Um, I was just talking about your lobes. So here's okay. the deal, Mr. Political uh, Communication yes. Expert. It seems like, uh, honestly, what seems to be the most exhausting thing wasn't really the election. It was just the incessant talk that was on every station every night for a year. Well, I, I definitely agree with you. And we, again, here in Utah, we don't even live in a battleground state. Can you imagine if you had to listen to that? You saw the girl that was so sad about she Bronco cried. Obama. I mean, really, it was sad. She was crying. They, because uh, it was just too many stories. Mm-hmm. Well, I definitely think that if for most, I would say, citizens, there's not a strong opinion on who it is they vote for. You're more often to find that someone's aligned with a candidate rather than a party. Yeah. And even the party, in some ways, if I'm blue, I vote blue. If I'm red, I vote red. And that's the way I am throughout my life. So if you are to... I don't want to say inflict, but otherwise expose yourself to the other side of the argument. Right. Um, there's probably, well, I'm going to say an absolutely low ratio that you're going to want to listen to it. So when those happen and you hear those opposing views, you shut off. Totally. Most often. Yeah. Like in marriage. Yeah, yeah. So then, Just like in marriage. Just like it. So then when you're hearing these things, like you said, for a year at least, I mean anticipated because uh, Governor Mitt Romney had ran previously in 2008. Right. So he was anticipated to be the runner. This year was especially unique, too, because the Republican primaries were filled with people. Oh, that was exhausting, too. The Democratic primaries had one person. Yeah. They didn't have any debates. Do you think, I guess, that maybe more Republicans right now are exhausted more than Democrats? Not just because Democrats won, but because Republicans have gone through primaries of exhaustion and then this race and then lose it. But Well, let's also... Uh, again, well, going into the communication aspect of things as well. In 2008, there was, of course, a very heated primary within the Democratic Party, which we found out with especially um, the Secretary of State, yep. Hillary Clinton, yeah. and then also President Barack Obama. So within that campaign in 2008, President Barack Obama had to find a huge way to diversify how he reached people. Mm -hmm. A huge thing he did, which pioneered it in the field of political science, was the internet. Yeah, he rocked that. He, he launched the first And social media assault. too, right? Exactly. He had Twitter yeah. and Facebook and YouTube and many, many other platforms. He did low cost but high high viewing. Yeah, high touch. Especially because of the his, a lot of the constituents are the younger group, which yeah. is in, in and charge of technology. he pulled them right in, didn't he? He did. So yeah. this campaign, President Barack Obama won again, was leaning on those constituents he already had that mm -hmm. voted for him in 2008. But he then, again, still employed the ones that he used before, right. which are non-traditional most of the time. That's cool. But the Republican Party didn't necessarily... They've used it, but not as they to the extent. They didn't embrace it. Mm -hmm. So we found with the Republican Party, especially with the debates, debates yeah. are essentially political boxing matches. Yep. It's a one-two punch. There's no formal debate forum yeah. or format. Yeah. So when they get into those, you're looking at people punching each other. See, I verbally. like that a lot. Like to me, get rid of everyone else. Put them on, you know, put them in the ring. Sure. For ten debates. Uh huh. Give everyone one night to have all the pundits talk about it because uh -huh. you know they'll all just kind of throw their opinions in there. But there was a lot to be said when you see these two together. 
Well, no, and and that was highly anticipated. The debates, mm-hmm. especially between President Barack Obama and Governor Romney. But I was just just bridging on that was that the the nation was tired, not because well, especially because of the the primaries, the Republican primaries. Right. I do not doubt that there were definitely those that were in the Democratic Party or otherwise blue that well, tuned into it to see a, you know them rip a, rip each other apart. Yeah, that was just good fun. <laughs> that was entertaining from that standpoint as right. well, but. The, I would not blame anyone for watching a debate and feeling exhausted afterwards. Just the anxiety yeah. of seeing each other, them, two candidates go after each other yeah. or a stage full of candidates. Cool. And so I think that that contributed to the fact that we do feel tired after the elections yesterday because of there was this mayhem of media that would go on beforehand in the debates and the traditional media by the Republican as well as Democratic. But um, all those different things, I think, add up to make it so that everyone's sick. Rudd, you're right. You nailed it. I don't hear that often. Well, that's probably the last time you'll hear it here. <laughs> I'll but, uh, that. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to pick your brain more on. So sportsmanship, how do we kind of move on? How does everybody stay friends? How do we get back and, I don't know, save the country now and uh, and put a best foot forward? We're talking to Rudd Hopkins He is our insider in the political world and in, really, political communication, which we're trying to fix. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show. We'll be back with Rudd right after this on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Parenting can be a tricky business, and we all know families don't come with a handbook. That's why we can learn from world-traveling family coaches, the Ayers. Join the Ayers on the Road for family, parenting, and general life advice. Monday and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Good afternoon, I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. As a powerful nor'easter hits the northeastern United States, more power outages and dangerous winds continue to hamper recovery efforts after Superstorm Sandy. From the Carolinas up through New York, power companies were reporting that 13,000 additional customers had lost power, on top of those still in the dark after Sandy tore through the region nine days ago. Even worse than the new outages could be the delay in repairing infrastructure. With more high winds and freezing temperatures setting in, crews are struggling to work on overhead lines and customers are being forced to endure without heat in their homes. Utility companies in New York and New Jersey have called in extra crews and have teams working 16-hour days to try and get the power back on as soon as possible. Republican House Speaker John Boehner is urging the re-elected President Barack Obama to seize the moment and lead in the face of a looming fiscal cliff. He says that Republicans are ready and willing to work with him on averting this potential crisis and that he has the power to send the crisis that has the power to spend the U.S. spinning back into recession. According to Boehner, Republicans in the House are willing to look at new revenue for the government in the forms of reform and growth, although they are still holding firmly against letting taxes rise. President Obama has already voiced his desire to work together after his victory last night. 
Voters in California rejected Proposition 34 yesterday, which would have removed the death penalty from the California justice system. Inmates who are currently on death row would have been retroactively given life sentences without parole. One of the main arguments that supporters of the proposition were pushing is that if California were to no longer have the death penalty, the state could save at least $130 million. A prominent supporter of Prop 34 says that while he is sad the measure failed, at least being on the ballot gave voters a chance to see some of the issues and costs involved with death row. Battles over ballots were largely averted this election thanks to efforts to sort out voter ID laws, registration restrictions, and early voting periods prior to yesterday. Of course, there were still fierce legal fights over some of the laws and initiatives, but they were carried out well before Election Day, leading up to little or no large-scale contest of President Barack Obama's re-election. However, despite avoiding confrontation in the election, the stage is now set for a tough battle between Republicans and Democrats about the future of such laws. Voter ID laws from Arizona and Alabama are already in line to head to the Supreme Court, meaning that the arguments over their purpose and function are bound to continue. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. We're doing the election wrap-up, and the not necessarily the political wrap-up, but we're just trying to understand the social side, the exhaustion side of it all, uh, lessons learned. We're getting into that. We have Rudd Hopkins here. Uh, he likes to be called the man, the myth, the legend. We just call him Rudd. And he's a great guy, but he's... Um, he is, but I know I was just uh, trying to figure out. What you're do. fishing for words here. No, he's a great guy, yeah. and okay. he uh, he's getting a graduate degree in political communication. Correct, singular, S- singular. So we're trying to we're trying to just pick his brain um, on that. Now, before we go there, Rudd, uh-oh, um, Madison, our producer, one of our top producers, uh, Madison Alfredo, is she in the top five? She's in the top five easily. So um, yesterday we sent her out to go vote. She wanted to vote. We didn't send her out, but she was going to record the whole process. Okay, and she showed up to vote. Wow. Waited in line about an hour. And found out that she needed more current identification that actually had her her actual real address on it. Mm, and because ID. she's away at school, she didn't have that. So uh, she didn't get to vote early, uh, vote yesterday, earlier in the day. So she decided she still was going to vote. She was going to go back, you know, fighting against the machine. And uh, she did. So this time she went back. For real, she voted. So we sent her out. And this is what her experience was like. All right, so just getting ready to vote. Have my photo ID and my current information on where I'm living. So hopefully this can all work. Hello, so I'm back again. Yep. Fill out all this. Okay. And then your ballot and bring them both back. Okay. And we'll be good to go. All right, thank you. Okay, so I was given three different papers. So now I'm looking at the official ballot. I'm just selecting who I'm voting for. Now, this is interesting. Something in Utah that you can do is that you can have just a straight party race. So you can just vote for all constitutional, libertarian, democratic, Republican, justice, or green, depending on if that's what you would like. So, 
actually know one of the guys that's running for the state school board. Isn't that kind of fun? So there you go. I've got my little voting sticker saying that I voted. And that's the account of someone who was their first time voting. See how cute. That's good. I I I think that's probably a very accurate portrayal of what it's like for voting. Did that not sound <laughs> like the way you voted? Well, uh, mine sounded a little bit more like, and I put the stamp on and I sent it in. Oh, I thought you had a salivation. <laughs> no, no, not quite. But I did. I sent mine in. That's exactly what mine sounded like. Except they didn't say, welcome back, because you forgot your ID. <laughs> yeah. They didn't say no, that. No, I had my ID. Well, the annoying part is that I signed up for an absentee ballot because, you know, I was like, yeah, yeah. I don't want to go on the actual day. Did that two months ago. Never came never in. Never came. And so I was like, okay, well, guess I'll do provisional. So did, I went into that. Did it feel? Did you feel uh, a good, warm feeling? You have accomplished your civic duty. Yes. See, that's the main thing where I wanted to go because you know, like first time, if I didn't really want to, I'd be like, oh, oh well, you know. And so many people say, you know, oh, your vote doesn't really matter. Yeah. And maybe as far as you know, vote for the president goes. Not so much because, you know, majority, but as far as, you know, at a local level, which really that affects you a lot, you can make a difference. And so, like, I had researched all the different candidates. And like I said, I actually knew one of the guys that was running for the um, the school board. So that was kind of cool. But then, you know, that's feels good. That was my duty. I was like, yeah, I voted. Made a difference. Question for you. What did you do with your sticker afterwards? My sticker, I believe it's still my hoodie that I was wearing. Oh, What did you do with your sticker? Oh, you uh, didn't get a sticker. Sorry. I get stickers all the time from my wife for doing good things. <laughs> oh, we're talking about Gold voting stars. stickers. Oh, yeah, yeah. that one. <laughs> no, That's embarrassing. No, I think that the, the sticker is a, a badge totally. of pride. I wore mine in. I definitely agree in the fact that Sometimes people feel, of course, they live in a state that's dominantly red or blue, so their presidential vote may not matter. But the point is, is the local ones do mm-hmm. matter. And with that reoccurring habit of voting would create, like you had said, you voted or you found the information you needed on the candidates. Yeah. And a conscientious vote on anything you would do, especially in elections, but anything else is very important. So I... I think you did a great thing. Oh, thanks. One of a million. <laughs> Good job. Thanks. She rocked it. She's wow. amazing. <laughs> oh, Madison shucks. Alfredo. Great people around here. <laughs> Nailed her vote, and we didn't even ask her. <laughs> who she voted who for. Who she voted for. Do we care? Well, it's all over. We care, car. but yeah. yeah. It, it doesn't, doesn't matter. You had no. something it's cool, great, though, though, Rudd. Yesterday, you got to sit here uh, election night. You were basically running the polling Well, so what? for the entire world. Yeah, the world revolves around me, it turns out. It's kind of weird. Uh, well, yesterday, what I, I was involved with, uh, there was every year for the past 30 years is called, or in the state of Utah, is the uh, Utah College's Exit Poll Survey. And that's conducted by stat or statisticians from the different colleges throughout Utah. Yes. There's over 600 students and 130 different locations. And they'll go throughout the state and at the polling stations and report. They'll have surveys taken, and then they'll report in their what they find out Interesting. every hour. And so by the time it comes to about 6 to 7 o'clock in the evening, we have data rolling back in that allows us to accurately 
count or measure the different votes within the state of Utah. Right. Now, that's not necessarily nationally, but we had something very unique this year as well. Um, KBYU teamed up with all of the other public programming stations within the state of Utah. Okay. That hadn't really happened before. We had feed that was pulled. We had uh, live feed that came from Provo, Utah. It went up to Salt Lake City yeah. over cable. So we could we could interview the candidates up at the different headquarters, oh, Democratic neat. and Republican. Yep. So from satellite, we were able to interview the different candidates as the votes were told or as their races were called. And uh, what I did was, especially here on location in Provo, where I would, of course, we have, I was kind of, I wore a lot of hats. We'll yeah, did you wear that. a bow tie? I wore a bow tie with a lot of hats. Cool. And this it, is a dream come true for a political communication guy. Well, yeah, I'd never ever been in the thick of it or yeah. call, a program calling out right. who has what by how many votes and so on. So we would be going throughout the night with our typical programming. Something would break somewhere, and we were then switched almost the instantaneously. Next yeah. yeah. Then that would switch up everything that would coordinate with it, including we had to pull up certain tables that would show certain data. Yeah. We had to show up or have their names ready at the bottom and everything else that was kind of ad lib throughout the night. So there were that there was that That's going cool. on along with the national through PBS, they had a national survey that was going throughout the night live. Yeah. So there were people also surveying or uh monitoring that and they would be calling out throughout the night. Such as states up, uh, President Obama's up by 200 votes. So we'd switch over to that real quick and, and show the that map in. of what was going on oh, cool. with the different um, totals that was coming in. But there were some things, again, if you were watching on your own, as we expressed earlier in this show, some may not have a lot of enthusiasm. Yeah, some might be and bummed and out. Sure, they're tired. We'll just <laughs> say that. And there are some that went to parties, like Madison. Yeah. But uh, when you... Again, we're not necessarily a national place that's getting all the latest and greatest. But when you're in the same room and you're watching things, especially as this election was, it was so close yeah. in so many states. Yeah. Again, overall, we know who won. Yeah. And the popular, there was another thing in, in the sense that they were predicting that there could be a win. This may, exp- may need more explanation, but there could be a win in the popular vote that right. everyone votes. Right. But in the electoral college, there could have been a or split decision. A split, yeah. Or what could have happened with the that a candidate could lose the popular vote, but then win in the electoral college. Yeah. And the electoral college, what it says means that's it. That's it's it. You're done. the winner. We we decide who it is, yeah. and that that system's actually up. Right now, in the sense, up for a revision. There was an amendment that was suggested in 1970. Yeah. And it was brought forth by President Nixon and some others that were behind it, but eventually fell dead on the floor. Okay, so just explain to us, what's the point then of the electoral? Because a lot of people were mad about that during the uh, Al Gore, uh, George W. Bush election. Because Al won the national Popular. popular vote. Mm-hmm. And lost the electoral vote, which gave it to old George W. Exactly. That actually was established with the Constitution. There was oh, the, so it goes that far back. Way <laughs> far. This isn't back. from the sixties. Far then, enough for saying? bow ties to mean something. That's right. So they basically established the electoral college so that the smaller states 
would have representation. Yeah, you'd be overrun by a highly populated state. Exactly. California would dominate so without the electoral college. So it went college. along with the three-fifths compromise mm-hmm. and all the other things that happened so that the small states would have equal representation. So again, it exists today. The thing that it needs in order for it to change is bipartisanship, or it needs to be voted by two parties, the both of them. Right. And that doesn't happen very often. Yeah. So that's one thing that's tripping us up. But with things as close as they are, that could provide some momentum to change things around here, especially with the Electoral College. What do you think um, as you – I mean, explain the polling because it seems like there were three pretty major polls that were getting a lot of press that were pretty much off. Well, I mean – And then most of the other polls – so you had – it's almost like you had two sets of polls out there. And I know this is different than the electoral process. But yeah. the polls seem to be something that was confusing to everybody. There's, there's a lot of – I mean they talk about the margin of error is one thing. And there are some that calculate a higher margin of error, of yeah. error and some that are lower. Yeah. There are also the fact that – the polls are coming from different sources, so they may not all match up, of course. But we talked about this when we were on the show a month earlier mm-hmm. or a month ago. Yeah. There is so much necessity of monitoring various sources. Yeah. You can't just go to your one favorite source of content or information. Well, you can, but you're just not going to get the best data or most well-rounded data. No. And the, the thing is, too, is on elections night, you've got people calling it. The people that are calling it is not a national consensus. This is people by their own That's well, right. Their own thought or notion that this called it, we know that this is the yeah. winner. So you saw people on different news stations that were calling it way before others. There were some that called the presidential vote mm-hmm. or were... Again, they were calling it that it was predicted yeah. or otherwise it could be suggested. We feel confident projected, in suggesting or projecting, projecting that so-and-so has won this. State. But there were some that felt comfortable projecting while others like PBS that maybe be seen more as neutral yeah. didn't call anything until later on. In the, didn't even mention it or okay, anything. Okay, let's talk that. It seems more responsible. Mm-hmm. PB, I mean, it just seems like PBS are being – I mean – Again, I'm a guy that studied journalism. Uh-huh. It seems you like a did? lot of I did. I have a bachelor's in journalism. Whoa! Tell me about it. Whoa! Brilliant. And now I'm on the radio. That makes so much sense. Um, you make jokes, but doesn't it make sense that uh, it just seems like what I learned in journalism school is not what is being practiced today in journalism? Well, the objectivity, you mean? Mm-hmm. Okay, purely news. Well, no and it opinions. seems like yeah. It, but and it, remember when all the bloggers came out, all the journalists were like disgusted by these people that didn't have a clue what they were doing, and they were incapable of remaining objective. And now I sit here and I think, well, what station is well anymore? I, I that Work would be a, a very long conversation. Mm-hmm. But there we are, have a minute. We do. Oh, good. <laughs> there are a lot of stigmas, and one is that a certain type of media le- leans towards a certain viewpoint, yeah. and another towards another viewpoint. Yeah. So what's going to happen is a natural filter. <clears throat> We're not even going to want to survey the others because we know they lean towards another. So when it comes to getting viewers that all media is concerned with, or right. listeners, that's right. Then. We're going to try and do objectivity, but we're going to cater towards the main viewer. Yeah, the, yeah, whoever we can get Who to buy our advertising. Not in the case of the Matt Townsend show, but no, in every other case. because we have no objectivity no. or viewers no, or listeners. No, 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 no. We have a lot of listeners, and it doesn't matter what we say. Right, because they love us. So, but with the media sources, you're going to find a spectrum. Yeah. 
And I can't necessarily call why certain ones are leaning towards this way or that way. But um, if we don't, if we're not able to or don't want to find out from different sources what the real deal is, then we're going to suffer from what they call echo chamber. Ooh. I think you might have heard of it, but the echo chamber is the effect that you have, of course, like in music where uh-huh. you'll hear the vibrations of. Yeah. Well, in this sense, it's hearing what you want to hear. And you're you great, hear great, things because you val- it validates you yeah. or your views. Yes. So you get stuck in that echo chamber and you don't find or hear other things outside of it. And that's detrimental. See, you made it make sense. Oh, it so, must be my echo. That's interesting. That is really fascinating. I, I want to come back and talk more about that. Sure thing. Uh, we do need to branch out. It's not enough to just be in your little echo chamber and think it's all beautiful. Right. Exactly. There's more to the world um, than unless you, you want huge disappointments and huge wins. I yeah. guess more disappointments, though. I think you're you're brilliant, Rudd. And um, try. It's my wife. And your wife told me you were. Yes. We're gonna come back and talk more to Rudyard Hopkins. No relation to Kipling. Same tie though. And uh, we're gonna gather. We're actually gonna get into some uh, some rules for good sportsmanship uh, post election. And some other fun stuff. Keep listening to us, folks, right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Crossing 18 wheelers with space technology to design the super trucks of the future. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. The energy crisis of the 1970s led to something you see every day now. The aerodynamic wings and fairings on semi-tractor trailer trucks came out of NASA-supported research in making trucks more fuel efficient. Flash forward to today, and it's a new chapter in the same story. The Department of Energy's five-year-long Super Truck Initiative is supporting breakthroughs in engine design, refining body shapes, reducing idle time, recycling heat, and making big rigs lighter. All the nation's major truck makers are participating, from wind tunnel testing at NASA's Ames Giant Facility to computer simulations aimed at reducing rolling resistance and improving driver control. The experiments will all lead to drivable hardware prototypes that truck makers can base their new models on. The project aims to increase truck efficiency by 50% in ton miles per gallon over today's best designs. The Super Truck Initiative will more than pay for itself in fuel savings alone. Just a 20% efficiency increase will save about 5 billion gallons of diesel fuel a year, worth about $14.7 billion annually. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. For the 2012-2013 season, BYU Radio is your home for Cougar sports. Don't miss BYU football. Touchdown! Cougars take the lead! Men's basketball. Davies to the middle! And the right hand stop! Women's basketball. Brigham Young University Cougars are the West Coast Conference champions. Baseball. A walk-off grand slam and BYU wins it! And more. All the major sports, all season long. Only on your home for Cougar Sports. Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're trying to learn uh, after Election Day how to, you know, 
just basically trying to get some bearings, figure out how to be healthier as we're trying to move on after this election, not get so caught up in it. I've heard so many people say, oh, I will be so mad if so-and-so wins or so-and-so doesn't win, or this world's going to fall apart. You know what? I have a feeling it's not. I have a feeling it's just going to keep going. What do you think, Rudd? Oh, let's turn that. There you go. There's lots of great glue in this world. Yeah. It won't fall apart. It's a metaphor. I don't know what you mean. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'll explain it later. Okay. We'll get back to it. But uh, we are going to go to, if there is an expert um, on, on, um, on the contrary, I don't know what we call that. It's Bryce Tobin. Okay. So Bryce is the Bryce is right. He's our, he's our expert um, pontificator. Um, do elections bore you, he asks. Do you really enjoy the show American Gladiators? Well, in that case, Bryce has some thoughts about the election that he would just love to share with you. Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is The Bryce is Right. Voting is so old-fashioned. Frankly, the Greeks came up with the whole democracy thing a few thousand years ago, and they've been coasting ever since. And if math has taught me anything, you can get stats to say whatever you want them to. So when we get to the day after an election, I'm very skeptical about all these conclusions analysts come to. Like when they say silly things like candidate A got more votes than candidate B. What is more? How do you how do you even quantify that? See what I mean? Voting is cool and all, but when it comes to picking leaders, there has to be a more interesting way, or in the very least a cleaner way without all these messy statistics. The other day we were all joking around in the studio and someone said that the presidential candidates should just have a leg wrestle. And I thought this was a genius idea. Best two out of three wins, that's it. Game, set, match. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, yeah, that's rather convenient, and it will make for good TV, but how does that qualify some Someone for president? And to you I say, how is a lot of people wanting someone to be president going to make them be a good president? What, do you think desire and anticipation have magical people changing powers? So that got me thinking, what other fun ways are out there? How about whoever can spin a basketball on their finger the longest? That's pretty hard to do. Or how about a pie-eating contest? If you win, you're the new boss. If you lose, still free pie. Hard to feel bad about that one. What about the best Christopher Walken impression? Even I think that one's a bit of a stretch, but you know it would be fun to watch. All I'm saying is, why not get creative with elections? Like, for Miss USA, they get scored in several different categories. That way we can keep the voting part, but maybe throw in a juggling contest. Remember, extra points for fire. That also got me thinking, what other ways have we tried? I know, how about if your dad was in charge? You should be the one in charge. Clearly, there was something special about your dad, and if he had it, you must certainly have it. But only if you're a boy. Yeah, because that didn't make for a bunch of terrible leaders. And I'm not even taking into account all the inbreeding that happened because of this method. Yuck. Or what if you don't like the new leader? Yeah, let's all just grab sharp, pointy things and go after each other. Now that's a mature way to handle our issues. Or how about the person with the most stuff gets to call all the shots for the next little bit? When you think about it this way, hoarding behaviors make more sense. These people just want to be kings. They see this democracy thing as a fad and are hoping things will swing back in their favor. And hey, there's nothing wrong with preparedness. We could all use a little bit more of that in our lives. I mean, a nice democratic vote may be dull, but it's definitely a move in a much more mature and thoughtful direction. All I'm saying is, why stop the train there? Let's keep things going and have a little fun. All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. Yes, Bryce, going off. There are a million ways to choose a leader. We just voted for him. Um, so what would you think, Rudd? Did you listen to that? Well, he has a point, and I think we could definitely consider 
the democracy as a modern day miracle. Yeah, it's it's still working. Well, then the Amazingly. fact that again there was such a heated debate, and yeah. there were the polls again trivial, as Bryce said. But the fact is, there were a lot of people on both sides, and that someone could easily say just by vocally saying they won then that means we have a president mm-hmm. and others relinquish the thought or i mean if we heard about ancient days like bryce was yeah. saying if the half people thought well you know what we think this guy should be president he's stronger then they would just create a war and then yeah. that would make it so they could make their guy president and a lot of people would die so you're saying yesterday was a huge success even though half the country lost it's a huge success. I think, especially, there were two great things that happened yesterday. Yeah. Aside from elections, and I'm mean, sorry, aside from the polling and the people and the vote, one thing was that we had President, or sorry, Governor Romney, he, he gave his speech, right? right. Um, we think most times it's framed as giving up speech. But when he made it, he off, he attributed his thanks to his family and his wife and so on, and Paul Ryan, but... Then he also said, we, again, take our place as citizens and we'll pray for the success of the, pro- the president. Yeah. Now that, again, every news media source you would go to, they labeled it as a gracious comment or a gracious mm-hmm. res- resignation. Right. Now, President Obama, that's one thing I thought was wonderful. The yep. other one, President Obama, when he made his speech announcing his, that he won, he again acknowledged the fact we have a lot of work to do. That, again... And say, okay, well, let's hope he does work and everything is better when four years comes along next time. Right. But the fact that it wasn't um, really a I'm Obama and I'm fabulous yeah. rally. It was thanks for your vote and your support. Now let's Face, get to work. Take that. I'm the best. It wasn't that, was no. it? No. So on both sides, yeah. there was civility that is a miracle within our democracy. I, I think you're – I mean, think of cultures – that how many deaths have taken place? I that, can because there was not the maturity to do. I, can, what happened I can't even yesterday. count on two hands the deaths that happened during kickball and recess and on the playground <laughs> when we had to exactly vote for our right. team captain. That's right. So this it's was so true. it is, and this is ten. This is hundreds of millions of people that voted and that they were able again. No violence. No, we don't Seriously. have any news of anything like a raid on or riots, riots yeah. or nothing overthrowing the White House. No, it was you know. We need to do something, but it's not going to amount to physical anything. The military didn't come in. They didn't have. To, there wasn't a coup. No. I mean, seriously, that's that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Congratulations, Americans. Yeah. Like seriously, I I agree. I we, think we are have a still great the standard. Going. We are. I mean, really. And you know what? They fought hard. A two billion dollar plus race. Exactly. I mean, crazy. I, but and on we the other hand, it. you could think of how many world uh, problems could that solve? But well, yeah. Just think the of the kids that could have been fed. Yes, there were a lot of people that were very, very invested, but they. But you know what? Again, I love it. We'll keep going. Okay, we're going to come back, Rudd. We've got another bit put together by Rob Sanders about sportsmanship. We're going to use the rules of sportsmanship for all of us to move this thing forward. How do you accept graciously loss? How do you accept graciously winning? That's up next on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. KBYU FM HD2 Provo.
Are there some global issues you wish you could know more about or could get an inside perspective on? Notes from the Kennedy Center presents lectures and seminars from international diplomats and scholars discussing issues and events from all over the world. Become a more informed global citizen and tune into Notes from the Kennedy Center weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Good afternoon, I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. The California man behind the anti-Islam film, which sparked violent protests across the Middle East against the U.S., is headed back to jail. The man was previously convicted for bank fraud and violated his parole while working on the film. He admitted to multiple violations during a court appearance in Los Angeles, one of which was using the alias Sam Basil, a name which many actors in the film say he used during its production. The film was originally thought to have played a part in the attack on the U.S. Embassy in Benghazi, Libya, which killed three Americans, but that has since been disproven. With President Obama re-elected, his signature health care law has avoided its last major challenge. Republican challenger Mitt Romney said that it would be his first priority to replace and repeal the controversial law, which would not hold firm. The Affordable Care Act is the biggest effort to overhaul the U.S. health care system since the 1960s and should help provide health care coverage to 30 million uninsured Americans by 2014. Despite its preservation, some challenges still remain. One of the most prominent will be the possibility of a Republican-controlled House using the pending fiscal cliff as a bargaining chip against some of the most hotly disputed parts of the law. Same-sex ballot initiatives passed yesterday in Maryland, Maine, and another is on track to do so in Washington state. Advocates are hailing the news as a huge step in furthering equality between same-sex and traditional couples. The passing of the initiatives marks the first time that same-sex marriage has been approved by the popular vote. The six other states and the District of Columbia that recognize gay couples have all made the decision to do so based on judicial review or legislative decisions. President Obama this year became the first U.S. president to openly announce his support for same-sex marriage. Another controversial ballot initiative decided this election has passed in Colorado and Washington state. Recreational use of marijuana is, has now been legalized for the first time in these states, although the national government still considers the drug to be a controlled substance, and Federal Drug Enforcement Administration agents say they will still be enforcing that national policy. Both laws will define marijuana in a very similar legal sense to alcohol, and similar taxes and restrictions will apply to use. In Colorado, personal growing of the plant will be allowed on a very limited scale, but in each state, the maximum amount of raw pot a person is allowed to carry with them will be one ounce. You are listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, my little pretties, to the Matt Townsend Show. We are uh, talking about moving forward. Now that we know our president, now we know our president's going to remain the president, we're going to get behind him, support him, and uh, figure out how do we kind of get rid of the malaise 
get over this. Um, what do they call it? Just the political barrier. Barrier. I mean, Grimlock. really. It's funny because there's been a lot of barriers uh, that have been brought up. We're joined by Rudd Hopkins. Uh, who is a political um, our political consultant on the show? He's a highly paid political consultant in the in the field of communications. You pay me in halls. I guess candy. I will give you a halls yeah. throat lozenge <laughs> if you so choose. Okay. If not, I'll give you a bag of Doritos on Got the it. way out. Okay. Uh, but uh, before we get into that, uh, we wanted to. Um, have one of our reporters or our producers, Rob Sanders, um, put together a package because Ro- nobody loves sports more than Rob Sanders. And uh, w- we've had him put together a little bit called Political Sportsmanship, where sports meets politics. We're going to have a look at some advice that your coach gave you back in high school and how it applies to the election outcome today. Well, I've been saying it all along. A presidential election is Nothing more than just a big football game. You know, the score is tied, six seconds left. The, the ball is passed and kicked to the goal. I don't know. I don't watch any football. But when the game does come to an end, it's interesting to see how each side acts. The winners, the losers. And if both teams are class acts, they shake hands, pat each other on the back, compliment their opponent's strengths, and move forward. Hey, your team has a great offense, defense, lineman pass. Again, I don't really watch football. But poor sportsmanship ends with bitter sniping from losing fans and lavish gloating from the winners and it just doesn't end well. Now, a good coach may have a list to promote good sportsmanship in his or her players, and it being the day after the election, I think a sportsmanship test is in order. Now, as a matter of full disclosure, pretty much all the candidates I voted for last night lost from top to bottom. Maybe everybody you voted for won. Maybe it was 50-50. But either way, let's see if this good sportsmanship advice fits here on this post-election Wednesday. Seven. Respect your teammates and your opponents. Now that is true. If you think about football players, they all have passion for the game. The only thing that makes them opponents is that they live north of the boulevard instead of south of the boulevard. It's just geography. They attend different high schools. They're in different leagues. And politically, we're all Americans. We have the same passion to promote what's best for America. The only difference is that geographically, we're different places on the political spectrum, the map. Six. Respect the coaches. Okay, so candidates are the players, spectators are the voters, then who or what would be the coach? I'm going to toss the U.S. Constitution into this analogy because it's what makes free and fair elections possible in the first place. And I think that's something that all of us as spectators can get behind. Five. Respect the rules of the game. Okay, so the U.S. Constitution lays out how the game is played, how the elections happen. Once every four years, voters vote. Each state gets a certain number of electoral votes. And last night, President Barack Obama won the game. He got 300 votes. And if you or I were not to like that, well, it's not a flaw in the rule of the game. Other Republican candidates and other Democratic candidates have won and will win and will lose. And it's just politics. Four. Always play fair. I think we would all rather see our opponent win in a fair manner than to see our candidate win through cheating. It's true in sports. It's true in politics. Because in sports, it gives you faith in the game. And in politics, it gives us faith in America. Plus, it makes winning that much sweeter when your guy does win. Three. Lose without pouting. I lived in Portland, Oregon in 2004 when a wealthy man from Massachusetts 
tried to win the presidency away from a controversial man and lost. Many people in that neighborhood just they just struggled with that loss, and so they kept their Cherry Edwards signs up for six months just in denial. Well, this morning we woke up to see another wealthy man from Massachusetts and lost, so there's really no point keeping the Romney Ryan signs up till next spring. It didn't help Kerry then, it won't help Romney now. Two. Win without gloating. I left an election party last night where there was a fair bit of rubbing it in. And you have to stop and ask, is it really doing any good? Because I kind of do remember back to another party in 2004 where there was also a fair bit of rubbing it in. Except it was the other way around. But in the end, everybody loses with gloating. Gloating is no fun. Learn from your mistakes and get back in the game. Great former BYU football coach Lavelle Edwards put it best. He said, my team can learn more from losing than winning. And it's true. Democrats learned from John Kerry. They found a way to attract more voters when they nominated Barack Obama. And some say they learned more from losing the 04 election than if they'd won. In turn, one could argue that Republicans are learning more from Mitt Romney's loss. Time will tell. So while my own ballot was soundly defeated last night on a national, state, county, and local level, even my vote for dog catcher didn't go the way I wanted it to, I wish no ill will on him or any of the candidates. And I hope my local dog catcher, who I didn't vote for, succeeds at his job. I may vocally disagree with his dog catching means or his dog catching policies, but does it do me any good to hope he fails at being a dog catcher? Absolutely not. Nor does it do me any good to hope that any candidate, from president to governor to mayor, fails. The entire ship sinks, not just half of it. The entire plane flies, not just half of it. The voters have chosen. They've picked their captain for the next few years. And while a vibrant democracy should and will scrutinize every decision that captain makes, we do all hope he succeeds. boy, Rob. That was awesome. That was. I I enjoyed it. That's from a guy that knows nothing about sports. That's amazing. Yeah, he's the man, the myth. What's it called in football when legend. you uh what's it called in football when you get a point? It's a grand slam. Hike. Grand slam? Okay. <laughs> no, it's field not. goal? Touchdown? I I, I don't goal. I don't know. I don't know. But that was a really good bit. Really? We need to follow we you know, we need to we need to show respect like that. Don't you believe, Rob? I think that Rob brought up a fabulous point. Which? Well, I mean, just the analogy of the fact that we're all on a team. Whether our candidate or not one, we still live in the United States of America. Unfortunately, we can't divide the continent and then float off on one side and float off Well, you know, it may happen. Sandy made it pretty close. Yeah. And, of course, you know, California's on a fault line. So one day... Pretty soon. Yep. It'll be a great island. (laughs) But... The other is, well, but building on that, the fact that when we have gloating, for instance, where he was talking about that, and mm-hmm. there's no real winner. Well, when you lose, the last thing you want to hear is someone else saying, well, <laughs> I yeah. won, I got you. Yeah. And then fights will ensue. Yep. Well, what we have right now in our, our well, in Congress or in the nation in general is a gridlock, a barrier, or otherwise a strong partisanship. We have a chasm yeah. in our Congress. And so, like we were referring to President uh, Barack Obama and also Governor Romney, when they did either recede or also accept, they both did so in a manner that wasn't, um, 
either attacking mm-hmm. or either gloating. Yeah. Which I think is very, very important because we could look obviously at those that control the House and those that control the Senate, which is the two different parties. Right. So we could definitely then resort to the fact, well, if my party doesn't have president, but they control the House, then we're not going to let anything through. Yeah, we've seen that. We're going to show, we're going to show we still have control. Yeah. That's what we want. Because we don't want someone that doesn't agree with us to be leading us. Right. And so when we have that happen, then nothing happens. Mm-hmm. On the other end, let's just say in four years, there's another election. Just, just you know, throwing I it bet out we'll there. I we'll have one. There might be one. I bet we'll even have another one in two years. I can't comment on that. But no. I just, <laughs> so we do have an election. That comes up. Mm-hmm. Do we want to have a president-elect because... The other or that party is so irate with the fact that nothing has happened and it makes it so obvious that they failed and so there must be a change in president. Or do we have an election where there has been success in passing legislation? Again, it's not a free will, but there's been success. And so both parties have momentum and they have great candidates and we have another close race like we did this time. But we're not focusing on the problems. I could bet you – well – I don't bet. But I could wager... If you were to wager... I could wager that the American public has never been so astute on the problems of the nation than they have after these last elections. Yeah. yeah. There is There has been a huge, especially in the first one, but throughout, right. the issues were discussed. And everyone knows exactly, well, not exactly, but they know what they are. Mm-hmm. And for that factor, we as a people can... We can regulate that. We can say, okay, this was the problem presented, so how is it solved right. throughout the next four years? Yeah. But you or I or no one can be the problem. We can identify the problems, but if we don't, we don't cooperate, we yeah. don't contribute, we are the problem. That's it. And who's going to vote for the problem? No one. We want a solution. The solution is within our bipartisanship. I agree. And there is obviously allegiance between the two, and I'm blue and you're red, and Mm -hmm. I don't like that. And then there's the demonizing. Yes. That is— We can't do that. That is the worst thing you could do in the sense of, okay, that party voted for this, and that's evil. That's right. Otherwise, the same thing. And there's— you know, the God Trump card, there's yeah. the atheist card. They could all be polled. Yeah. And the fact that we could then come up with even bigger, this yeah. chasm, fall That's in so and die. Rob's got some. Well, the, but what if the opposing party does something that makes you feel really, really mad? And you go, this is a big deal. I mean, there's got to be – that's the hard part, though. And I think that's why people – I don't know. It seems like maybe that's why people play those cards is because – they got to express their anger somehow. Yeah. See, I guess the dilemma we get into, though, is we have major issues as a country now. Major. And we're going to just stonewall this four more years and then get to the next election? I mean, the reality is we got to learn to cooperate. Well, you know what? They did it in sand in Sandy Hurricane, right? That mm-hmm. tropical storm. You'll you'll cooperate eventually. We have vase. To make you cooperate. Yeah, if we're desperate enough. It's going to happen. And so if we just need to fall off a cliff financially, you know what? Let's just stonewall this. We will. And then when we, once, you know, once we fall apart, then we're probably going to come together. There's nothing more inherent than change, right? And there's nothing that's more willing to humble you than really hard change. Well, I think too as well, it's something that I learned a while ago, but 
It's the phrase that problems are merely opportunities in work clothes. Hmm. So again, problems are merely opportunities in work clothes. They don't look like anything or they look bad. Yeah. But sometimes our legislature is more lined up, more like military sure. than workers. Sure. Well, right? We're here to beat each other up, shoot each other, call names instead yeah, of just get point, to work. Point fingers, point fingers too. Wouldn't it be great to have some true people, I don't even know what you call them, that can, like statesmen, that mm-hmm. can start bridging these gaps and can jump across get in what used to be the enemy territory and understand and yeah. then bring back mm-hmm. change. Wouldn't mm-hmm. that be powerful? What well, a role to play. That for some of these politicians right now, that's a huge opportunity. It, it is. And they can be the change. step forward and do so. Um, and again, the, if we're mad about something, vote. Yeah. We don't rebel. We vote. Yeah. So when it comes to the the ones we are mad about— you can make a conscious effort to help others be influent, not influenced, sorry, to be educated on yeah. what the issue is and why we vote that way. And then that way... Get I, involved. And, and yeah. that would be a good way to do it. But I, I think also with the problems, though, I mean, we see in our time and, or time and day, we have what we would think of as the worst recession since yeah. the 1930s. Well, yes, that's horrible. And there are a lot of people out of jobs. Mm -hmm. And there's also the median income has come down, like we heard a lot in the debates. But there has been less debt per household than debt for the, I mean, in in So we're slowing down our own debt. We know when things get hard. And when they get hard, things change. Gas prices. California, they want to pass $5. Well, when do people start doing public transportation? Or when do they start carpooling? Right. Or when do they start, okay, okay, my car is maybe not symbolic of my ego. Maybe I should downsize. There are so many things, but it has to get hard before it gets better. Yeah. We've heard that so many times. Yeah. And this is when it gets hard right yeah. now when there's so much divide. But that's when we can get better. That's good. So you're saying there's still a chance. I think that we have a <laughs> great future ahead of us. I do too. And, you know, the, what is it? The darkness? It gets darkest right before the, the dawn. The dawn. Yeah. And also, uh, for a lot of people, this is a bright, bright day. Mm-hmm. This is a good day. And so for half the country, it's good. For half, we're like dark and dawn and people are going to die. And yet the reality is we probably just don't understand each other. No. We got to reach out. Start understanding the other. Sure. Yes, I agree. That's good. I thought you were going to grab my hand there oh. when I did that. But, um, <laughs> I was going to see. Well, anyway, I, I gave you a shot. Sure. But we're going to come back. We'll take our last break. When we come back, we're going to play a game. Uh, and we're going to be playing a game using Mitt Romney's money. If you had $250 million banked away and you just lost a presidential election, what would you spend the rest of your life doing? We're going to throw out our ideas in a game uh, that we haven't named yet. But uh, when we come back, we'll find out all about it on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. A space medicine tool is helping heart attack patients on Earth. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. When you have a heart attack, getting blood flowing to your brain and lungs again as soon as possible could mean the difference between life and death. Now hospitals and paramedics have a new tool to help administer CPR that does that job better than any previous system. 
Called RescuePod, the device came out of joint research by NASA's Kennedy Space Center, the U.S. Army, and the University of Texas. It originated as a way to help treat astronauts coming back from long-duration flights in zero gravity, where they sometimes experience a dramatic drop in blood pressure as their body tries to readapt to Earth gravity. Doctors found the device is superior at getting a patient's blood pressure back up and re-establishing blood flow to the brain during resuscitation. A private company called Advanced Circulatory Systems now markets the rescue pod to the medical community and hospitals. For the way it's brought space technology down to Earth for use in saving lives, RescuePod and its developers were inducted into the Space Foundation's Hall of Fame. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Music simply sounds better from a live studio. Listen to organic, unedited music on Highway 89, Monday through Saturday at 10 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're going to wrap up the show with a little game we call Romney's Money. And if you have time, uh, Mitt Romney's now free to just go, I guess, kick back. What do you do, Rudd, after 18, year, 18 years? <laughs> it seems about like eight it. eight years, yeah. probably, uh-huh, really, uh-huh. of running for stuff. Well, yeah. And, well, let's remember, he may not have 250 after all he spent on his campaign. Did he spend a lot? He had a significant portion he invested personally. Did he really? But then again, when you have 250, do you count your 100,000s? No. 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 It's I millions don't. now. I don't. That's like me. When I got to my five-figure incomes, your it five, was amazing. Five figures. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, hold on. I was four before. When, when was that? Uh, five figure incomes. That was last year. Yeah, you nailed it. Yeah, congratulations. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, Rob, I guess we're gonna play a game. And the name of the game is: If you had just run for president hmm. and had two hundred fifty million dollars and lost, what would you do with the money? Whoa, is that a question or? I don't know. It's your game, man. Okay. So uh, what would you do? We're going to go around the horn. Everybody gets a shot. Let's say you got – let's just say he's worth $200 million. You're a good-looking 65-year-old man. I don't know how old he is. Yeah. Wonderful wife. Uh, You got homes and you got a home in California that's being finished with an elevator lift for your car. What would you do? Bryce Tobin. I would grab a big fan – a big glass box, and I'd put money in the bottom so that the fan would blow the money in the glass box, and I would just catch the money if I had that much money to play with. No, really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, I could do something productive with it, sure, but everyone does that, so. So you'd rather just play with the money. Exactly. Well, that's probably why you'll never have any, Bryce. <laughs> you'll be too busy playing with your money to go make some money. Okay, that's interesting, Rudd. Do you know what you the, do? Oh, uh, well... Mine might be a little less thrilling than that, but is it going to be boring? This no, no, no. I okay. don't think so. Does it's, it involve? It's a, it's a little uh, historical neckwear as well. <laughs> 
I would probably have a freelance brand of bow ties. But okay. my thought is after losing the 1976 elections, President then after Reagan, he created a talk radio program. Really? Uh, yeah. He created a talk radio program and he then pushed the conversation and his presence continued throughout the nation until or building to his 1980 election. Now, Al Gore did the same thing. Yes. But again, I think that, that we found that with Mitt Romney and these votes that he's found there's a, obviously half the nation that yeah. they're, they're voting for something that's changing and he's developing this platform ever evolving. So as boring as it sounds, I would continue in the media presence in some way or another. And if it's not Mitt Romney that decides to be candidate, then he can be, in I a like sense, that. a hub for back. the new ideas or otherwise maybe even transformation of the Republican Party platform or whatever it be cool. so that that continues the communication throughout to the next election. Like it. Like it. Yeah. Winner. How about do, you? Do, do. Uh, who's got one? Bryce, you got one? Or no, who, who's got one? Oh, I've got one. Okay, let's have it, Robbie. I think he needs to get right back in the political game so he can beat Henry Clay for the number of times a person's run for the presidency. Wow. Because Henry Clay ran in, uh, according to this, I don't know, if, I'm not a historian. What's but the internet, they tell me, the interweb? It 1824, 1832, and again in 1844. Three campaigns over the uh. course of 20 years. Henry Clay wanted to be president really Did, bad. And he lost three times? You know what? Clay needs some feedback. Well, think of how much he learned, because if you forward failure or fast forward to failure, you get to success faster. That's true. Yeah. So he did it three times. Okay, here's what I would do. It's really very simple. If I were Mitt Romney, I would go back to Boston. I would open uh, a SeaWorld Boston for Arctic fish and animals. For primarily Latin people to attend. For, and to build, build his Latin and vote. And build the Latin vote. Okay. Mm -hmm. Hispanic votes. I totally think that would sell. Um, I really believe I would go open a SeaWorld in Boston. I mean, a lot of people don't see the insight into that, but I think... You could name the well Incarnacion. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Um, but I think more importantly is I would do it because um, everybody loves sea animals. Except the ones that kill trainers. Well, yeah, except for a few trainers out there. Yeah. But Who are they to say anything? $250 million. What would you do, Skyboy? I bet it's going to involve a guitar. Um, no, that's not what I was going to say. What? I think, and I just thought of this, but I think it'd be really cool to buy an NBA team. And if I was Mitt Romney, probably Celtics. That would be way cool, the Celtics. Yeah. Wow. How expensive are those teams? Though? Does he enjoy They're hundreds of dollars. <laughs> Oh, so he could have millions of them then. No, but is that six? Oh, that would be a billion dollars. Celtics—they got to be worth a billion dollars. Yeah, I don't know. Five nine hundred million. He could become part owner of the Celtics. That's just one election. Wow. When you think of it that way. Anybody else got an idea for what we're going to do with Mitt? What Mitt's going to do with himself? I guess. Bryce, you got another one. Well, I don't know. Like for me. I guess I would kind of make it something like I would do something really spectacular, then be like, "Yeah, imagine what I could have done in office." That's true. You know? <laughs> like make Seriously. a huge impact. <laughs> but he could really create something really big. He's smart. He's got a lot of money. Got a ton of contacts. 
Yeah, so if he, he like pushes world. something, like if he really does something to change, be like, see, I didn't need to be a president to make the world a better place. That's right. Do you remember Bill Clinton so. did the global initiative thing? I mean, that's a pretty big deal, and he's rocking the world. Huh. Well, that's cool. Whatever happens, you know. I think he should have his own Olympics. The Olympics. Well, he obviously saved them before. Maybe he should do more Olympics. Maybe he should just own the Olympics. You're right. Oh, we could do them in word. Boston. Isn't that cool? Okay, there it is. There you have it. I'm grateful he ran. I'm grateful President Obama is there to run and to lead it. And uh, let's just all look after each other now. Eh, it's time. No more messing around. We've got to fix this country. United we stand. These colors don't bleed. That was patriotic. I just dropped out two lines right there. Whoa. Thanks for joining us, folks. Again, we're on Monday through Friday right here at uh, 5 o'clock Eastern time. We are tomorrow. I promise you there will be no politics in this show tomorrow. We're moving on. I'm sure we got a great topic and uh, great guests that are going to help enlighten you, give you a leg up in this crazy thing we call life. Thanks for joining us and uh, take care of yourself. Follow your leader, Rudd Hopkins. Thanks for joining us. Keep wearing your neckwear. Good stuff. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Two weeks ago, BYU headed to the Deep South and dominated Georgia Tech. End zone for touchdown day for Jamal Williams. And now, after a bye week and with just one win needed for bowl eligibility, the Cougars look to carry their momentum into the final three games of the season. It's the last home game of the year. BYU football versus Idaho this Saturday on BYU Radio. Pre-game begins at 8 p.m. Eastern time with kickoff scheduled for 10. Here on your home for Cougar Sports, Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio.